Trevor, I hereby <laughs> grant you permission to go get a cup of coffee. All right. I'm pausing sure. the episode. Hello. Welcome Hello. to episode, I hope I got this number right, 72? I don't think you did. Oh, no. All is lost. <laughs> is it I mean, you 72? might have, I don't know. Well, let's see. Let me pull up my uh, podcast. Yeah, you know what it is? Nah. It's because I listened to Brigham Young Money today, and that oh. was episode 73. Oh, are they ahead yeah. of us? Yeah, we're like pretty much they, Yeah, they just passed us like last week, oh. two weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, so off the crowd, this is episode 72 of... (laughs) I'm I'm very giggly today and I this evening, tonight, and I can't... I've been like this since kickoff because I just... Everything about RSL being in the playoffs right now is hilarious to me. And I mean, it's not funny, of course, that Albert Rusnak was a late scratch for this game because he got COVID and didn't travel with the team. Um, but it's like, just of course that happens and which just lends even more to RSL doing what I was thinking they might do, but to a level that I don't think I was prepared for. <laughs> and I can't believe, I can't believe they've done this. And now I'm just looking at the <laughs> Sounders FC subreddit and it's really funny. And I'm, Oh, well, that sounds delightful. So I, like to be like totally open and honest, I have a number of Sounders friends on the internet, thanks to the wonder of Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, n- none of them seemed particularly thrilled like during the game. I'm so sure. I can't imagine they feel good after the game. Mark uh, but- was happy for a minute with Ochoa, which I, I truly appreciate. Mark was digging Ochoa through most of the first half and part of the second half. And then as the game yeah. went on, it kind of, his enthusiasm waned. So, so maybe, look, yeah, to be clear, RSL just beat the Sounders in penalties <laughs> in, the, in the first round of the, the number Western seven seeded Real Salt Lake, who just got into the playoffs in the last three seconds of the season, just beat the best team all year in the Western Conference. Second best. Well, I mean, okay, if we're going yeah. technically. Yeah, we should always go technically. Um, so <laughs> right, let's, the second uh, best team in the Western Conference. Let's take this shot by shot for RSL uh, and really break this game down because I think there's a lot of interesting stuff that happened here. <laughs> let's make sure uh, we analyze every single time RSL created a scoring opportunity that resulted <laughs> in a shot. Yeah, uh, Trevor, do you want to start us off on the first one? Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. Oh, we're still waiting on it. Okay. Huh. The game is over. The game's been over. We did the penalties. Mm-hmm. And then after the penalties, um, which I don't, okay. So that, that's a question, Matt. Statistically, yes. when you're doing statistics, penalties are a tie-breaking action. They don't like count for stats at all, right? Yep, exactly. That's correct. Okay. That was not so a win we, for RSL. We still have not uh, had our first shot. No, we we've had no shots. of the In the entire playoffs, we have had zero shots. We're still waiting for it. Yeah. Yep. We could probably that was actually the last time we were in the playoffs to find a lot, you know, a shot, but it would probably take a while. Yeah. So we were pretty bad yeah. at memory serves. And I think this is the first draw under Pablo Mastroeni as well. Um, <laughs> so. well no, you're right. I didn't realize that. You're absolutely right. That's hilarious. He's not had a tied game at the end oh, of the game God. until today. Um, so I, wow. I guess for, for, to give the episode a little structure. Um, maybe we can talk about the 120 minutes, some of the more interesting things that happened in it, if there were any things that were 
of real interest. I think we maybe talk about Marcelo Silva's uh, tackle on Christian Roldan that left him almost without a knee. Uh, but yeah. he was miraculously great. Ta- tackle, fun. I think, is a hard word, but it did almost yeah. leave. Um, yeah. So, and also, RSL, I think, was the first team in MLS playoff history to leave regulation without registering a shot, a single shot. Um, they carried that through through extra time, and it definitely have to be one of the only soccer teams that have ever won a game without registering a single shot on goal. I, I I I would I don't know how many times that's happened, but it seems rare. I yeah, know we were trolling um trolling Twitter. There was a couple people that were like trying to verify the stat about zero shots on goal during regulation. Yeah, and I think Matt Doyle said it's happened a couple of times. Um, but somebody asked after the game about zero shots in 120 minutes, and I never got an answer on it. But I can't imagine that. I mean, forget winning the game or advancing or whatever, but I, I can't imagine that's happened very many times ever, even by a yeah. losing team. Yeah, so only stuff. twice in MLS history has a team failed to in, – in MLS history. So this is in like including regular season from Matt Doyle. Only twice in MLS history. And I think what Rob – or John Strong said on the broadcast was in postseason history. But he said only twice in MLS history has a team failed to register a single shot, both in, in – <laughs> Both in the regular season. RSL just finished mm-hmm. regulation with zero shot attempts. Extra time coming up. So, so yeah, first in playoff history. Uh, um, so then definitely 120 minutes without a shot. A single shot is definitely a record. And I, that can't be beaten. <laughs> it can only be tied. <laughs> so Hell yeah. We did yeah, it. Love it. it. Um, so, so I guess the first question we should answer is, um, was this actually intentional from Pablo Mastroeni, or do you think he uh, maybe would have preferred the team to take a shot or two? Oh, yeah. the broadcast kept saying that, and it was so frustrating because there, like, there's no way in the world any coach is like, "Yeah, we'll just defend for 120 minutes." For like, sure. That's not the strategy that you can sell Dude, to anybody I, under any circumstances. Yeah, I hate They're trying to score goals. They didn't have yeah. Rusnak, which is huge. And they're relying on Chang, who's played about half the season, was a sub for most of the season. And they're relying on Joni Menendez, who's been on the team for half a season and has played way less than that, to be like the thrust going forward. And they're good players, but they're not like the leaders. They've never been the leaders on this team going forward. They've always played off of Rusnak. And when Rusnak's not there, I mean, this is the result. This, we haven't seen this all season from this team. Because we haven't had Rusnak, or we haven't not had Rusnak all season. Yeah, yeah he's only not every played game. like fifteen minutes the whole yeah. season. Yeah. So, I, I there's no Didn't way that they were the like, "Well, we're just going like most consecutive games played or something like that." No, Is it that was the it was? most minutes for an RSL player oh, in a season. Yeah, yeah, yeah he broke Ramondo's record, and Ramondo missed like one game, one season. He averaged eighty nine point five, eighty nine point six minutes per game. So. uh Certainly not much substitution going on there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, RSL Soapbox got a shout out from uh, from John Strong on the air. He called it <laughs> the bit. RSL website or something. Um, yeah. And, which, uh, hey. Good reporting by Lucas to uh, break the news that uh, Albert was out for the match. Uh, as usual, he's he's killing it over there. 
Yeah, and in here, I don't know what to say. Around here, he's killing it around here, and unfortunately, that also means he's out for the next game as well. Um, I think since it's in like four days, (laughs) which really sucks. But um, yeah, this is just extremely comical. So, like you're saying, I mean, so I know RSL didn't have a shot. But I, sorry. Um, but I don't think that they were entirely undangerous. Like there were moments where it, like, I mean, where we could have had a shot and didn't because of like a misplayed pass. And I, quite honestly, uh, RSL's attack. Um, I mean, without Albert, it, that makes a huge difference. But like, even in like individual moments where our attackers actually did get the ball. I thought we had some very not good performances from any of our attacking players and our defensive players. Our defensive line was um, specifically Glad, Silva, and Herrera were fantastic tonight. Um, Very, very good. I thought Everton had a pretty good game as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, we gave up so many shots and corners and everything else. And they hit the crossbar as well, and we um, mitigated the storm. But, I mean, I I thought this was the correct game plan, at least the general outline of what he was trying to do. I I felt like it would have been a little different if we had Albert in the game because he provides a lot of, like, possession and balance to the team in between our lines. But um, without him, it was very hard to do that, apparently, and especially, like, how we set out in that game. And... uh, yeah, I thought that was the correct way to go about that game. Like it was the correct way to go about it in Kansas City. And we had some potential moments for t- stealing the game late, both in re- regulation and in extra time. Didn't happen. And so we took care of business and penalties as we normally do. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't think. Have we played a penalty shootout since the 2013? Yeah, we had one against Seattle, right? Maybe no. that was in the Open Cup. Oh, that's probably right. I, I, I'm just going off of Trey's tweet where he said um, our last one was in 2013 in KC. Yeah, I mean, I guess he probably shouldn't count the Open Cup, but I, I think it was 2018. I'm double-checking that. Uh, no, it was not 2018. Anyway, let's Dude, we can continue. I, I honestly had not heard – I have not heard – as much like complaining from national broadcast people about a team that as I did tonight from Alexi Lawless in particular, like, what was that? It's like, that was insane. Like how mad he was. (laughs) I think part of it is just that like, I mean, obviously like you expect a certain team to win. You kind of build up everything surrounding a certain team to win. There's also like the, the conspiracy theory if you want to call it that, that like only big market teams should be in the playoffs because they're the <laughs> ones that people that the like TV broadcasters rely on in order to like bring viewers and advertising dollars. And Salt Lake is not that team and never will be that team. They're like the people that are looking for viewers for advertising dollars are never going to be excited about RSL being the team that you have to sell to the country. So there's that part of it, but no, I just like at this point I expect it. I don't. I mean, I'm I get mad at Alexi for a lot of the things he says and does, but I don't get mad at him for being mad that RSL went through because that's kind of the expectation at this point. If, I guess if it's RSL just so lame. Seattle to or if RSL beats 
Kansas City or, or some other team that is expected to win, everybody gets mad. Yeah, and I'm fine with it. I'm over it. Yeah, and that's kind of what yeah. I expect at this point. It's so. just it's just so stupid and boring from from them. Like uh, uh, it, like my buddy for sure Jeff. Is. Yeah, like my buddy Jeff, his his partner walked in like while he was watching the game. He had it on mute for like a long time, and then he turned on the sound. And she asked why he was listening to the Sounders broadcast because of how mad like Alexi <laughs> seemed, and it was just like. Like what is I mean I I get it I get all of that it's just like it's so tired to listen to like I what I, genuinely what did what did they expect seeing how RSL like squeaked out that one against Sporting Kansas City and then losing Albert Rusnak and then putting that same team out there against uh what is arguably where where we at, at a place where we've had less success against a team where we've had less success um like what of course that was the game plan <laughs> and they're like anyway i mean don't want to just complain about national media but it's just like so lame at this point <laughs> yeah it's just i just think it's so funny at least it sounded like uh john strong and and Stu holden kind of were laughing at the hilariousness but um yeah anyway what a game so let's let's talk about something that people are also complaining about no doubt and that's the performance of David Ochoa, who had, um, I've got the numbers here, three saves. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's an incredible uh, number of saves. But uh, he, he did waste a, a fair bit of time, I think it's mm-hmm. fair to say, uh, largely claiming crosses and laying down on the ground for a little bit. Lot, like, uh, I think three to f- somewhere in the three to five fake injury range. Yeah. I mean, he probably wasted six, seven minutes on his own, right? It was so funny to see like Fox uh, do slow motion, like recaps of what led to Achoa having to lay on the ground for 30 <laughs> seconds. Looking for an injury and, or looking for contact yeah. and just zero anything. And Stu and John <laughs> trying to be like, oh, like, did he? Did he, did he pull up a little bit here? Like, did he land awkwardly? And it's just Achoa just going up in the air and like dead fishing onto the ground and then laying there. <laughs> there was the one where um, he went out, the ball was out of the box. He brought it back into the box and fell on the box. And then the Seattle player uh, like was near him. <laughs> and he reacted as if like he got kicked or something well, and Stu was like oh, it looked like he got he might have got kicked oh, what do we have here and then they show the replay the dude just like walks around him like casually <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like oh yeah no nothing he's just he's just hamming it up oh it's was so, so awesome yeah he was a master of the dark arts today like he was in the best form we've ever seen him in quite honestly um and he I mean, I, I like obviously fans are going to boo, but like I've never seen someone who like wants it more than he does. Like it, nothing like that seems to get to him. Um, it's, it's just it just is more fuel on him just being insane. And he just kept going over and over and over. And it was amazing. Loved it. So <sighs> one statistic I think is interesting. This is not related to David Ochoa. So I. I hereby apologize. I don't. I don't know what else we can say about David Ochoa, right? Is there anything else? Before I mean, it's just going to be more of the same. He's a champion and a hero, and we should build a statue for him. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Like that's where I'm. Like obviously not, but like that's where I'm at right now. Like he can do no wrong, and this game just cements that for me. Do you think John McNaughton would build the statue for us? Oh my god. <laughs> 
I'm not going to answer that question because I cannot answer that question without being very mean to John McDonald. <laughs> I mean, if anyone deserves it. Um, so looking at the uh, stats for this one, I'm just looking at the tackles attempted. And uh, there's some numbers you'd, you'd expect, right? Everton Louise, seven tackles attempted, uh, six successful. Pretty good. Um, Ruiz, three of eight. Uh, Michael Chang, four of eight. Uh, kind of what you'd expect. Uh, oh, Johnny Menendez, uh, three of four. Um, okay. But then you come over to Justin Glad, who had uh, no successful tackles. What? And no tackles attempted. That's oh, so okay. fast. I was going to say the second part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, he, I'm playing coy I, I a little mean, bit there. Yeah. I think he was a force in the air. I, I like, yeah, uh, he yeah. was winning a lot. Like, and I and I think Matt man, I, I mentioned this in Slack during the game, but seeing after like half a season of Eric Holt, I'm I've like gotten a very strong appreciation for Marcelo Silva. <laughs> so I'm just yeah. like Yeah, at the beginning of the season we were all pretty skeptical of Marcelo Silva, right? Well, were we because like th- I what was. I remember, and I was, correct me if yeah. I'm wrong, was we thought Marcelo Silva is a good defender. He's physical. He gets in the way. He bodies people up. He's good in the air. You know, all the things that you want a defender to be good at, he's pretty good at. He's obviously not the best, but he's he's okay. The thing that we were most scared about with Silva is just he takes the ball into the midfield for no reason sometimes and yeah. gets caught out of position. <laughs> Which it's indicative of him just making like very rash decisions sometimes in yeah. like other areas too that right. just worry me. But yeah, that that's a, that's about it. I think he's a I think he's a really good defender when it comes to the actual defending parts of being a defender. Yeah. Um and I thought tonight he he did great. He of course had that clearance where he like followed through on a clearance and he got Roldan's knee oh. and yeah, that- pretty substantially um, that one looked really bad i'm, I'm glad it didn't end worse for for real dancing for sure and i yeah and i was worried of course also that it was gonna he was gonna be punished for it but it was kind of one of those weird things where like he's clearing a ball very heavily and real dan is running right at him and it's kind of just like one of those things but yeah I it's one know. of those things that like <sighs> seattle fans get really upset at it and i get it but like in the rules, the way that the game is played, like you can't, there's not really a mechanism to punish Marcelo for that. You know what I mean? Like Marcelo's got the ball. He clearly wins the ball. And that's the basis of like every single rule is you have to play the ball. And that's exactly what he did. And Roldan is allowed to make the challenge. He's allowed to be there. He's also not doing anything wrong. But it's just one of those unfortunate circumstances. Like Marcelo's not being reckless. He's not being violent. He's not doing anything that con- that like is what you need to do to commit a foul. He's not doing anything. Yeah. He's just kicking a ball. And Christian Roldan, it's a bummer. And I'm also very glad that he didn't get hurt because it looked like he really would have um, for a minute there. But yeah, it's just one of those plays that like, according to the rules, like you can't really punish Marcelo for anything there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's probably so, the accurate read, but uh I also understand having strong feelings as a Seattle fan. Yeah, cuz uh, I mean that plays that plays happened before. Yeah. It happens I'm not going to say often, but it happens and it it's really unfortunate, but like that's one of the things that can happen playing soccer where nobody's really in the wrong, but yeah. somebody can get really hurt. And I'm glad yeah. he didn't. Uh so and so 
kind of circling back to, I think, how the defense or defense uh, performed overall. It's interesting to see what happens when you have midfielders who are uh, more committed to playing defensively and to uh, organizing, uh, which we haven't seen for long stretches of the season. Uh, but we saw tonight, and I thought it worked really well. Uh, that Glad ended with no tackles, I think, is a real indication that, uh, one, he, he was in the right positions at the right time, which is great. I think it's always yeah. good when you when you are successful and your center backs make no tackles. Yep. Like that's kind of the best uh, to be in. Um, but also, I think, speaks a lot to what Aaron Herrera was doing on the right side. Um, as Marcelo Silva is coming out wide quite a bit. It's no secret that Andrew Brody is a worse defender than Aaron Herrera. We'd expect yeah, yeah. that at this point. But Herrera's coming in. He's defending one-on-one much better than than uh, Brody. And I think that made yeah. a big difference. Aaron or uh, Brody made me pretty nervous at certain points defensively tonight. Uh, just his decisions with the ball in our defensive third are just kind of chaotic sometimes. Um, had had a couple bad giveaways, but overall, yeah, that defensive organization from our midfielders, which is, I mean, as solid as we were in the first part of the season, uh, like a lot of the goals that we were giving up, the few that we were, a lot of those were coming from like mis uh, organization of our of our um, central midfielders and their defensive like positioning, and just not tracking anyone into the box at all leaving our back line just overwhelmed and that did not happen tonight. Like they had chances, but like nothing that like there was a couple moments in the first half and then there was um, one in the second half where Jordan Morris pretended that he doesn't have a left foot and did like this, like he did the banana bend and it just shot into the stands. Other than those moments, like it wasn't, there wasn't anything that was like super clear cut, didn't force like an incredible save out of a chiller or anything like that. And then the one they hit the crossbar was just like an incredible shot that you can't really do anything about. Um, but yeah, defensively we were, we were very well organized and apparently that was just a gigantic surprise and super shocking. To people like Taylor Twelman, um, who tried to say it was he was being subtle, but I don't know what that really means. Um, I think yeah, he was like, just he either was being sarcastic and just not very good at it because nobody picked up on it. Sarcastic instead of subtle. Like, That's how I took it. Like he was subtly saying, was, "Like, hey, obviously this team is good defensively. I wonder uh, what the change was." You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that, that is interesting. I mean, this is clearly like a very other extreme where. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if we can do this same thing again on Sunday, to be honest. Um, against a team that's probably pretty mad. A team that is really mad at us and also is a lot more rested than us. I mean, we're coming off, like we'll be coming off four days rest uh, after playing 120 minutes in Seattle. Um, and we don't, I don't think we have a particularly deep roster of guys also during the penalty shootout um i mean are you guys ready to talk about the penalties i, I, I there's let's, I mean, let's jump into it I, i'm good I don't know. is there anything else from from the the regulation in the 15 and and two fifteens that we need to to mention trevor can you think of anything um the only thing uh, i'm kind of as you guys are talking i'm just scrolling through twitter and reading some stuff in the post game pablo uh answered a question um and said we talked about the plan for the game. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the question was, but his answer was we had a plan and sometimes the plan changed a little bit. So I don't, I mean, very clearly they weren't planning to try to go to penalties. 
And yeah, and I don't think I we think they just weren't able to do what they wanted to do in the midfield and had to adjust yeah. to that throughout we, the we game. Getting, I mean, Seattle has, has an incredibly stacked roster, right? Like they have multiple guys that have been in MLS Best Eleven mm-hmm. in the last three years. Um, I, multiple players that have won MVP or have been in the running for MVP the last few years. Um, that was very evident by you saw by their the people who took the first five penalties for that team. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like Marcelo Silva and Justin Glad were our last two penalty takers. And they like, they have <laughs> like their options for just taking penalties. I'm just like, geez, like they're just, they have a, a wealth of, of options there. Um, just de- definitely a very strong roster, but yeah, the, uh, uh, like we weren't planning on doing what we did, but like, I, I don't think we were necessarily only playing for penalties. Like they, we, we had moments where we were breaking forward. And if Justin Miram were more decisive or if Bobby Wood remembered how to play soccer, then we could have like actually gotten some good chances. But quite honestly, Bobby Wood was horrendous this game, like easily the worst player on the field for RSL. And yeah. I thought Miram didn't exactly cover himself in glory either. Chang, I don't know if Chang touched the ball. Um, Menendez was weak on the ball. Rubio Rubin also incredibly weak on the ball, just throwing himself over very, very frequently, doing the Demir Krylock thing. And then Demir just unable to get involved at all. But Bobby Wood, man, like seeming got gets subbed in at like the 60 something minute and then is tired by like the 80th. 70, 74th minute and he was like yeah, not was, running for passes yeah. <laughs> yeah. by the end of regulation um, but he, he did some important work uh, just happened to not be in the attack at all uh, some that good defensive true. clearances on corners yeah uh, he just, like, like one mean, of those uh, ones where they had like four corners in a row he won a few of those headers yeah that is true he did good good defensive work from Bobby tonight just I mean yeah I struggle to say that it's good defensive work when he just heads it right back <laughs> out of bounds. He had, I yeah. think one that he headed it inbounds and it went out for a throw, That's but good. every like corner kick that he was involved in, I think he just headed it straight back out of bounds and they just got another corner. He, he literally <laughs> had that. I can recall one positive contribution in this game. And it was the headed clearance on a corner that went out of bounds for a throw instead of for another corner. He contributed zero to this game. We're talking pre-penalties, right? Yeah, pre-penalties. Obviously, he scored his penalty. He'll be a hero forever, but... He scored a very, he, he had a very nice penalty, honestly. All right, should we, should we talk penalties now? Yes. Because I think this was the, the best part of the game. And the part that made me the most nervous and the part that I spent the least time on Twitter during. Oh, yeah. No, I think you and I, Matt... I think this is well established that you and I have the exact opposite thoughts on penalty shootouts, just like generally that they're awful and I hate them. Yeah. And I, I love them a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> what, what do you think about switching the way we do penalties to the old MLS style? I'm fine with it. Like huh. it, I, the thing about penalties that I like is not like the act of taking penalties. I just think it's the, like across all of sports it's the greatest way to like just be like all right we just need a winner let's just come up with something very easy to figure out how we can break this tie let's just shoot the ball and the keeper might stop it you know like you get five and then after that it's just sudden death 
Yeah. Matt, do you hate penalty shootouts as a concept or do you just hate when your team is a part of them? I just hate when my team's a part of them. Yeah. So I, I, a lot of people re like a lot of Americans who like casual watchers of of soccer like really hate penalty shootouts. They think it's just the worst thing ever. I don't know why. It's I don't know. It's the most exciting thing in sports. Agreed. I think penalty (laughs) shootouts are fantastic. When your team is a part of them, it is a nightmare. Or I mean, even when you win, it was like again this this game was a a massive exception for me because I was laughing the entire game because I thought it was just incredible how everything was happening, and I we talked about this on Soapbox Breakfast, but like felt very house money. We're in Seattle; no one expects us to win. Alexi Lawless is crying about us on the broadcast, and we for the memes don't have a single shot and win in penalties. That's like the best hilarious outcome even if we lost in penalties it would have been way funny to me like everything was great so this was was an exception and i hate when rsl is part of penalty shootouts it's been rare um but yeah i love penalty shootouts as a concept I, i think they're fantastic yeah whether it's from the spot or whether it's from 35 yards i i don't care i just like that in soccer you get to a point where it's just like okay we can't do this anymore let's just we can't flip a coin we have to do something. Let's just end the game. Yeah. And it's just the whole thing. You go through two hours of all this and then it just all boils down to a two or three minute exercise. Who can, who can kick a ball into a goal? It's the biggest goal in the world. Who yeah. can do it? Yep. And uh, surprisingly, players still take really terrible penalties sometimes. So, yeah, which we only saw one really terrible one. So bad. And uh, really we bad really bad. lucked out here. So let's start the penalties here. Unless Trevor, were you going to? I was just going to say there was a couple that were also bad. But they just went in. Yeah. I, I did not like Sissoko's from Seattle. I thought that was a okay, terrible yeah. run up, a terrible penalty. Ochoa just went the wrong way. So like it worked out, but yeah. All right. So, so let's start with our first taker and that's Aaron Herrera. Yeah. So uh, we so, lose the the coin flip and Seattle takes Seattle wants C- Seattle went first, right? Or did we go yeah, first? So Rui Diaz takes the first penalty, oh, yeah. makes it no issue there. Uh, Aaron Herrera steps up. Well, what went through your minds when you saw that it was Aaron Herrera of all people first? Um, it seemed so <laughs> I love like the mental games with PKs. Aaron Herrera seems like the kind of guy that's like, let's just get this over with. I know what I'm doing. I've just got to put the ball on the net. Let's yeah. just get it over with. Like he seemed like that was what was going through my mind was his mentality was like, I'm going to do it. Let's just get up there and do it. And that's the kind yeah. of mentality that like you want from a guy and you want that guy to be the first guy. I, so I cannot I, believe our, our, our penalty lineup versus theirs. I mean, like I, no, I, I, I agree with what either, you're saying. I, I agree with what you're saying, Trevor, but when you got Rui Diaz taking the first one for them and Aaron Herrera taking ours, and then it's like Joao Paulo for them. And then Pablo Ruiz <laughs> for us. I'm just like, Oh it's no. A little underwhelming. All right, so let's get to the Paolo Ruiz penalty because this is the yeah. first like interesting action, right? Uh, Rui Diaz, Paolo, uh, no surprise they make their penalties. Yeah. That would be surprising if they didn't, right? Uh, Paolo Ruiz takes a... Uh, I mean, he kicks it basically right it. at the whistle, right? And just really a terrible penalty. Uh, easily yeah. saved. Uh, the whistle blows. Trevor, walk us through the mind of a referee. Or I talk about it. I don't know, whatever you want. 
this is the only like kind of controversy in the thing, but it's not controversial at all because right. we've got video review now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just Stephen Fry stepped off the line. And the only interesting thing about this that I wanted to point out was when he went back to do the second penalty, Stephen Fry, instead of like having his heels on the line, which is pretty standard, you stand with your heels on the line, then you kind of take a step forward as they shoot. Um he stood like with his toes behind the line. He was in the goal mm-hmm. to give him a little bit more room to go forward on the next one. And even after that, there was a couple more where it looked like he was off the line when we took the shot, but we made it. So it doesn't matter. But yeah, w- with the introduction of VAR, they really clamped down on that. It used to be really difficult to judge and really difficult to call, but yeah, it's pretty clear he was off the line, and if you're off the line, it comes back. You just have to retake it. So bummer, yeah, for, and bummer for the veteran MLS keeper. Something super funny about that, too, is that that used to be an automatic yellow card in MLS, like when you would come off your line. Oh, so Yeah, for like six months, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. So and last then. year, like for that massive, <laughs> insane scene that took place in Orlando where, where John Boy did a video about where the keeper got a red card or got a second yellow card because earlier he had got one for yelling at the ref and then he got one in the penalty shootout for coming off of his line. And there were two rules that changed. In, it, now it's not an automatic yellow. And also, if you do get one, it doesn't care. It doesn't. Uh, it. The, 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 the one from the game right? regulation doesn't, doesn't carry, carry the penalties, right? So yeah. two rules changed <laughs> that would have made a difference in that Orlando game. Oh, I think they won anyway. But anyway, um, it was yeah. like it happened in that Orlando game, and then everybody was like, "Oh yeah, these are obvious flaws in the way that we've changed this." So let's <laughs> update it's like it. Maybe keepers shouldn't get a red card for coming off their line once in a penalty shootout. One time, like on video review. <laughs> And and it's only if like they save it too, because if they come off their line and they score, then it's just nothing. I think. Yeah. But, like I said, um, I, I, it looked like Stefan Fry stepped off his line on like three of those penalties, but there were he ones might, that we yeah, scored, was, so yep. doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, and then he retakes that that it. Penalty. Pablo retakes it, and then drills it the way he should have in the first one, and it and he and it goes in. So yeah. Yeah, definitely a better uh, and improved penalty. Uh, so it yep. continues. We've got Sissoko. We talked about that one a little bit. Uh, Trevor, I believe, thought it was a bad penalty. Yeah, it was. But you I know, mean the cheeky. He did some cheeky stuff. Yeah. Uh, Krylik steps up. Uh, interesting to have him in the middle of the pack. Usually, mm-hmm. you'd expect someone with more experience, kind of closer to the end. Uh, but let's keep going here. So uh, Alex Rodon steps up for Seattle. Makes it no problem there. Like uh, top but, left. And at this point, yeah, Ochoa had not penalty. guessed the direction as, correctly a single time. He'd gone the wrong way through their first four penalties. Yep. Well, so, I think he went, I don't remember the first penalty, but I, I know on second, third, fourth, and fifth, he went to the left. Yes. Yeah. Rui Diaz took it to bottom, uh, to Ochoa's left, and he went right. And then, okay. and then everyone else went left and or went to Joe's right and he went left until the, the Ladero shot where um, he went to Ochoa's left. Ochoa went left, got a little bit on it, I think, went through his hands. It was a good penalty, but I, w- I mean, I, that, I thought that was going to be the, the one that got away from us. Yeah, um, and you could, you could hear Ochoa on the broadcast 
very like clearly, yeah. which was a lot of fun actually. With thirty five thousand yeah. people in that stadium, he was being a Ochoa. like great, yeah, great being, uh, mic work. Yeah, he was being a demon the entire time, just like being as annoying as possible. <laughs> um, he's really good at that. And then, so after Ladero, so let's recap: we have Rui Diaz, Jao Paulo, Sissoko, Roldan, and Ladero as their first five. Um, we had Herrera, Pablo Ruiz, Demir Krylock, Bobby Wood, who took a really great penalty. And then our fifth person to take <laughs> is Marcelo Silva. And mind you, none of these players other than Demir and Bobby Wood, I think, had ever taken a penalty in a game. Yeah. I think that's what they're saying on the broadcast. Yeah, because yeah. as they're going through the broadcast, like credit to them. They did their research and they're like, the last time this guy's taken a penalty is in this game in South America or whatever in 2013. And they're yeah. like very specific and they know exactly when. And every single time an RSL player stepped up, this person's, this guy's <laughs> never taken a penalty in a competitive match in history. Yeah. And I wonder maybe if there was some gamesmanship going on there. I don't, I, I think don't so. think it was, I bet Pablo is the sort of guy that says, all right, who wants to take it? Oh, and yeah. everyone who wants to take it raises I, their hand. Pablo, Pablo looks into their eyes and makes oh. a decision. He's like, I mean, you're oh the my one. Gosh. You're not spacing I mean, out. You're focused. Your eyes are narrowed. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, the your shape of your head furrowed. is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to, I mean, to be fair, Silva had a great penalty. Um, fantastic penalty. So, I mean, no complaints there. I just was very surprised <laughs> when I saw it. I was like, no. But whatever. I just and had images step. of it just like flying into the stands. <laughs> and I, have no, I had zero reason to think he could keep that thing on frame. I mean, I was already yeah. skeptical about Pablo Ruiz. And I was like, oh, no. Yep. Like Silva's stepping up. And then Kellen Rowe steps up for Seattle. Yes. RSL veteran. MLS veteran. Still blonde. Uh doing doing Kellen Rowe stuff and we finally get our first save out of David Ochoa and it was a it was it was a good save it was wasn't the best penalty I mean it's kind of there's always that weird conversation of a bad penalty versus good save but it was a good celebrates like he's you know we've won the playoffs and he celebrated like we won that game which we hadn't yet and uh he celebrated also right no No, I think he he was just like it, it felt to me, and this is probably just me being like too emotional about the whole thing, but it felt to me like he was just like so confident in knowing that whoever the next guy up was going to make it, that he was just like, okay, we won. I just needed to save one, and now we're going to win. <laughs> I, I know. And like he said that in the post game, where he said, uh, I knew if we went to penalties, we were going to win, which is, I mean, that's such an Achoa thing to say after you win in penalties. Right. Yeah. But, um, he also celebrated as if it weren't another Real Salt Lake center back coming up to take the next penalty. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, well, if we, you've got somebody who's lethal coming up to take the final penalty for your team, then I could see, like, I mean, even then, like, you don't, like, but that's putting extra pressure on your player. I, I whatever. I don't know how much a difference that actually makes. Um, but, like, Justin Glad's up next. I was like, what? I was like, are we serious? It was Marcelo Silva, then Justin Glad to be our yeah. last two of yeah. five. And as a reminder, How- we've got Justin Miram on the field. We've got Anderson Julio on the field. <laughs> Both good finishers. I mean, not that Justin Miram scored many goals, but you know. Guys that you would hope have taken a penalty before yeah. in their career. You would think that, yes, either one of those guys had taken a penalty before. And that, like, not another guy who's never taken one. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, so, so just like really weird, right? Um, yeah. But I wondered, like, was there gamesmanship in Paolo Mastroeni deciding, like, I'm going to have these players who don't have a record for, you know, goalkeepers to research. Yeah. Um, not I mean, that I think that makes a big difference. I think it's maybe it's a confidence thing, um, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I could see that would be like a lot of that would be like a fun thing if pablo came out and said pablo Mastrani was like yeah we specifically chose those guys and we worked on penalties with these guys before to get them up to speed because they've never taken it before we knew yeah. that we we might only have one or two penalty shootouts and if we get a group of guys that can take penalties that have never taken penalties before that improves our chance like that would be I would give Pablo so much credit if that's if what that. it was. Especially if it was a somewhat level. like in response. That. Yeah, especially if it was somewhat in response to like the whole Freddie being like a secretly knowing every all the RSL <laughs> secrets. And Pablo's yeah. like, you don't know that I'm about to put two center backs and a defensive midfielder in my five people I'm have and, and a right back. I'm putting three of my players on the back line and one of my defensive midfielders, and then another guy who's arguably like a box to box midfielder and then bobby wood as my first five like you could maybe guess two of those you'd guess two of those um yeah so that that was a good a good uh swerve on freddie i'm sure with that move <laughs> dude i cannot believe three defenders that's okay yeah. um, wild it, it worked out clearly very well uh which is great um, I'm just taking a look at the expected goals chart on uh, MLSsoccer.com. I'm going to send you a screenshot because it's clearly not configured for uh, penalties. So I'm going to sh- send mm. that to you in Slack um, because it's very funny to me. Hold on. What are you talking about? Oh, this is so oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, you'll know when you it's see it. It's just a flat line until the 120th minute, and then all of a sudden it goes directly vertical. Yeah, our XG probably should have ended like... <laughs> four with six penalties but of course they don't they only calculate that on the chart not on the other well the chart only goes up to two and the lines go above the chart and it only has three goals on there so i'm sure it ended up (laughs) at like five and a half yeah very weird um so what is there anything else to say about this game should we uh pivot really quick to talk about kansas city um i mean there's so many things we could say about this game. I kind of wish, and I understand why we're not going to, because it's what twelve thirty in the morning right now. But I kind of wish that we had been able to like go through the post game quotes from both teams, because there's some gold in there. We had Ochoa and Pablo Mastroeni, and Ochoa said some fun stuff. And then on the Sounders side, they also said some fun stuff. One of the things they said, I wanted to bring this up. Um, I don't know who said it, if it was Schmetzer or Christian Roldan, but um, they were asked about like the season, whether this was a successful season. Um, and I know we had that conversation on breakfast, like does this constitute a successful season, like making it to the playoffs or if we win this game, does that change your opinion and all that? And the team that finished second in the West Western conference, they said that there was a, I don't, I don't remember their exact words, but they, they were talking about maybe this isn't a successful season and maybe we, they use this as like fire to do better next year. Um, which is just interesting coming from a team that I would say for sure had a successful season. They just got unlucky in the playoffs, which I don't think like ruins your season. You know what I mean? 
you played 34 games. They played 34 games incredible throughout the regular season. They should get credit for that, and they should be happy and proud of that. And if you lose in the playoffs in a single elimination structure, like it's, it, I can't imagine how that like this is this is why hiring Pablo based off the playoffs is kind of an insane thing to me. Yeah. You get to the playoffs and then the playoffs is another thing entirely. You don't get to like yep. judge your year on the playoffs. You judge your year on how you did over 34 games. And then also if you do well in the playoffs, that's another entity. That's another piece of the puzzle, but that's not how you put everything together. So anyway, I just thought it was interesting that they were talking about maybe the season wasn't as, as successful and as we would, would have called it this morning. Okay. A couple things to report from, from the Twitterverse. Um, it does sound like David Ochoa did go over to Sounders fans and apparently mock them post game. I don't know how he mocked them. Awesome. Um, but you know, just exactly what you'd expect from David Ochoa. Yep. Um, I guess that's only one thing. I only had one thing. There was a brief moment on the broadcast um, where I saw David Ochoa had two members of like the team staff. I didn't see if they were assistant coaches or trainers or whoever, but there were two guys who were like had grabbed him and were like escorting him off the field while the rest of the team was all celebrating. (laughs) And I remember at that moment, I was like, something probably happened. Somebody probably said something or did something. And they just need to get Ochoa out of there because they want him for the next game. They don't want to get him suspended. Yeah, can you imagine? Um, okay, I was just looking at some of these like stats. I mean, like a lot of like passing stats are a measure of like which team has possession, obviously. But like, yeah, um, I mean, passes like seven hundred and eleven to four sixty one uh, touches, one thousand and one touches to seven twenty two um, crosses for a team like RSL that you know loves to cross or whatever. Fifty three crosses to eight. <laughs> Accurate crosses, eleven to one. Oh, just it's so interesting. <laughs> There's, oh my goodness, what a! And then just, I mean, you you can't even look at the shooting stat. It's just, I mean, they had twenty one shots to, of course, to our zero. Ten blocked shots, one hit the woodwork, thirteen inside the box, eight outside the box. Their expected goals were one point one one. All of ours obviously were zero, but wow, it is what an incredible statistical uh, stat line to to look at. Wow, I love just it. unreal, right? Statistical stat lines, I love them. Yeah, wow. Um, should we talk about if any politicians uh, tweeted about the match? No, please. <laughs> oh no. Did some politicians? I no. know. I know exactly what this is doing yeah. to Kyle. Yeah, but no, I genuinely I have no idea it. if we have any politicians tweeting about this match. And I'm going to look. The only reason I know is because Jenny was telling me about your tweet, Kyle, as I was prepping <laughs> to get over for the podcast. What did Kyle tweet? I just asked someone to leave to stay away and leave us alone and not ruin this for us. Um, <laughs> that that big tifo that says "seize your fortune." With the like, uh, RSL tweeted out a photo of like pregame. That's a really cool photo of like the big all the smoke on the field, and it says "Seize Your Fortune" in the background. Oh yeah, that was the Sounders like uh, pregame tifo. Yeah, Mm -hmm. really, really beautiful. Yeah, the photo is really nice, and it's cool that we won. Anyway, wow. So so we play 
We play at Kansas City again. <laughs> yep, they beat Vancouver 3-1 on four days ago. That's not the right way to word that. I just... On four days ago. On a day that was four days ago. Saturday? I always struggle with like days of the week subtraction. I don't know why. Unless it's within that same week. Once it ticks over, I like get completely lost. It's real flaw of mine. I'll work on it for next episode. So yeah, they uh, they won 3-1. We play on Sunday at 1 p.m. on ABC. So you'll get this over the air if you so desire. Uh, or you can watch it on ESPN Deportes in Espanol. Yay. So there you go. Anything Wait, you want to say about this match? That upcoming? was all information for the KC match? Yes. Okay. I thought so it was... might be more fun to read information for the Seattle match. Um, but, you know, I don't want to trick anybody. I wasn't paying attention to half of it, so I just had to check oh. back into what we were talking about. That's all. Don't oh. worry about it. You're not supposed to admit that. Just kidding. <laughs> I was looking, I was looking for our political tweets oh yeah i guess that's my fault i was going to respond but kyle took care of it so i guess uh one question to end on then is does this make this a successful season (laughs) like does it actually no because like i said this is the way that i've i feel about it is like there's the season over 34 games and where you end up and, and how that all goes and then there's the playoffs and especially like in a single elimination structure like you can't really judge you can't add the 34 games to the playoffs and come up with like was this successful because exactly what happened tonight no we didn't have a successful season this season was garbage for huge portions of it and this game in the playoffs is incredible if this was a regular season game it wouldn't be a big deal we wouldn't be excited about it we would have a lot of bad things to say you just judge playoff games completely differently from you the way you judge regular season games. And I don't think it's fair to like combine the two and decide if it's good or bad. Like if we win MLS cup, that would be incredible, but that's an incredible playoff run. That's not an incredible season. Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, I think I'm mainly in agreement. Uh, It doesn't, it doesn't change the, well, I, Hmm. I agree that it's a different thing and maybe I don't know. I, I, I just, I honestly don't know. I don't know what makes a successful season anymore. I know when something is unsuccessful, but I don't know. And if like, if this is, I'm just glad we won. I don't know if this is (laughs) successful. I don't know what success is. I don't know how it's measured, but I know when something is bad. So can we, can we frame this another way real quick? Please. Yeah, I guess so. Does this make Pablo a good coach winning this game? Like, is, does this make it so like if Pablo gets hired, we're happy now because of how we did in the playoffs? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. So I, I'll disagree uh, for the sake of disagreeing. Um, I, don't, I don't actually think that. Yeah, that's good. Um, so for me, we came in with a successful game plan, but I wonder if there would be other game plans that would be a little more reliable. Because um, once again, we we depended on Seattle to play poorly um, because frankly, they, they were not great. Um, when they had a couple good scoring opportunities that they squandered, they had a couple good shots, but like they didn't force a good save from David Ochoa at all. 
Right. Well, how, how much of that was because of how solid we were defensively? I think a, a portion, um, a, a good portion. Um, if I had to assign a percentage, I'd say like 75% us, but I think uh, 25% plus was uh, Seattle failing. And uh, I'm glad we took, you know, took advantage of that. I think that's the right thing. But um, man, it makes me a little worried. I don't know. <laughs> The thing is, is that, I mean, I wasn't optimistic going into this game. I'm even less optimistic going into the next one, to be honest. Um, I don't think we do this again, but I guess weirder things happen. Like I said last time, um, I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think the outcome of this or the next one really changes how I feel about Pablo seriously short of winning mls cup I, i'm not I'm, my, my opinions about him and what we should do moving forward aren't really going to change i think we're really just out there having fun with the boys <laughs> right now yeah, yeah. living life <laughs> trevor what do you think um it feels very 2018 playoffs again you know what i mean like that was yeah. it that was the karate kick goal to win it against LAFC. We were the yep. lower seed. LAFC was the favorite to go through. Um, we beat them miraculously in a game that we shouldn't have won. And then we went up against Sporting KC and we kind of got it handed to us by Sporting. Um, yep. You know what I mean? So it, at the end of the day, that playoff run, if you want to call it that, Watching that LAFC game was kind of similar to the. I feel like this game is the most incredible RSL game I've ever seen, but that might just be current emotions <laughs> talking. But I remember watching that game against LAFC, and it was electrifying. And at the end of it, we were like, we were feeling like we could go all the way, and like it was, we had the team working the right way at the right time, and we could make a deep playoff run. And then we played Sporting, and we kind of got showed, oh yeah, no, we're not that great of a team. Sporting handled us pretty well. And I feel like that's exactly what's going to happen. And at the end of that season, the end of the 2018 season, it kind of left us feeling like reminded of like, oh yeah, we're not that great of a team. And I just feel like that's the same thing that's probably going to happen against Sporting again. Yeah. We're just going to get reminded that, oh yeah, we're, we're, we were seventh in the West for a reason. So again, I, I, I do feel like, we could beat sporting. That's a realistic result. I think it's more realistic of a, of a possibility going into that game that we might win. than I think it was coming into this game and winning. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. I just, this, this game and the, it, it just has that vibe to me right now that we're going to get found out real soon. I, I don't think we can carry this no shot offensive generation through the entire playoffs as thrilling and amazing and as fun as that would be like, we're going to get found out at some we, point. We could really make history here uh, before the we, first we team could. have two consecutive matches without a single shot. <laughs> but again, like if that's that a, happens, that's the sort of history that matters. <laughs> if that happens, like we're not a good team. Like we just, kind of luck boxed our way through it and that's what's enjoyable about this game is we beat a, a team that's clearly better than us but it wasn't because we were better than them 
it was because they kind of played poorly and we we played well when it counted on defense but also we had some help with them not playing very well it seemed like and then we just got to penalties and it's kind of 50 50 game at that point that doesn't make us a better team and that doesn't mean that we played well or that we get to like hang our hat on a good performance we won and that's all that counts in playoffs but i'm not proud of this i don't think pablo like (laughs) is suddenly a genius because of this i don't think he should really get a whole lot of credit for the result of this game we won in a shoot off after not getting a single shot in 120 minutes that's miserable yeah uh, <laughs> that's awesome like it's, it's awesome but that's a miserable soccer team it's so yeah. awesome i'm happy to be a fan of a miserable soccer team right now though <laughs> well, that's i felt about rsl in a long time so until um, we get stopped for nothing against kansas city it's not that fun anymore that's but. Right. Trevor. Well, right, two, the next few days two things before we go uh we all go to bed um first uh i think we should take a moment and reflect uh right before the match started when the team came out for the team photo and they held up albert rusnak's shirt like he had uh like he was in the <laughs> hospital or something <laughs> hey man he's the captain i get it it's I think it's cute. Yeah, it's it's cute and it's, it's a little corny, it's dramatic, but, but I like it. But at the same time, like that's kind of what has been a theme for this team, like all year. Rusnak said it a lot. Pablo said it a lot. Demir said it a lot. Like we're all one team and we're all fighting for each other and we're all a big family and we're all like in this together. Like that's been the team's mentality. And if that's what's getting them through this game, great. And that's what you do. You hold up your missing player's jersey, your captain, and the team photo. Yeah. Pretty funny. Corny, yeah. But I get it. All right. And then yeah. the second and, thing. Oh, sorry, Kyle. Oh, I was going to say, and I mean, kind of on that note, pregame, I was talking to Tyler Gibbons, and he said, they're going to win anyway because the people want to rub it in Freddie's face. And I said, I hope so. <laughs> and uh, he was right, I guess. Yeah. So. Take, take what we can get. Uh, so the final thing I want to end this on is this amazing illustration that MLS put together. Uh, I sent it in Slack. And I think it really, it, it bears a oh. close look um, because it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, what um, is this? So, it's... so first it's got Albert Rusnak, which I guess makes sense. They probably made it earlier in the day. Made two versions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's a style that you couldn't do in an hour, but uh, <laughs> um, so it's got Demir Krylik, who is looking very short in this, uh, looking as tall as the five foot seven and a half Albert Rusnak. Albert, yeah. Um, got to get the half in there. Uh, giving a big thumbs up. Uh, smirking. I don't think I've seen him smirk. He's much friendlier. It looks almost like they got their faces reversed on this. A little bit. <laughs> right now. Um, and yeah, they're a little Albert Rusnak grinning and folding his arms and looking tough. And then in the background, uh, you've got what appears to be Leo the Lion. Um, it must <laughs> That's be... That's generous. Ex- yeah, <laughs> extinguishing the flame of the Seattle Sounders. But to me, it looks like he's high. And I oh he, he he's extinguishing the flame cannons that they have when they score yeah, right the, the 
things behind the goal. Yeah, you're not supposed yeah. to put your face up to those things, I think. No, you're not. That's pretty he does dangerous. look like he's taking a huge toke off of the flame cannon. <laughs> One of the, I mean, it's a little known fact, but since legalized marijuana came to to Washington, those flame cannons are actually the world's largest gravity bongs. And uh, Leo Lyon is just getting absolutely ripped on just, that sweet green, that sweet rave green. Well, he's earned it. So there you yeah. go. That's that's what I wanted to end on because it's just the strangest true thing. True Beckerman fashion. Yeah. <laughs> the Roldan and Rui Diaz like kneeling at the feet of them is also really funny. But yeah, this, the whole yeah. thing is great. This whole thing's a little, a little goofy. Yep. So uh, on that note, um, I guess we'll talk after the the uh, Kansas City game. Uh, we'll put together some breakfast for you. So <laughs> expect that. Uh, Maybe we'll do breakfast for dinner on on Saturday evening to prep for a, an early afternoon game. Yeah, oh, geez, and it also, is an early game, isn't it? Vendian. Yeah, you probably went through all that when you were given all the details, and I was tuned you know, out. I did, and then you said you were ignoring me. And, and, and if you hard. ever need to waste a little extra time, maybe at work, maybe in your personal life, you're just in a situation where you need to stall. Waste a little time. Try to do a rainbow flick with some of your belongings while you're uh, <laughs> just on the the side, maybe the side of your Zoom screen. Maybe you put your mouse, you know, on the floor and rainbow flick it up in the air. Maybe successfully, maybe not. Just like David Ochoa did at his job today. Um, sometimes uh, sports are just art and poetry. And David Ochoa attempting a rainbow flick in order to waste more time felt like both. Yeah, oh, man. All right. Incredible. Well, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, go yes. get some sleep, gentlemen. And uh, yes. most importantly, have a very happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving to everyone. Happy listening. Thanksgiving, guys. Thank you for listening. Also, we don't ever say that. Yeah. But I feel like I, I feel pretty thankful. That we people no, we usually listen. In fact, <laughs> we usually, say. yeah, we usually explicitly state that no one listens to this. Yeah. Which is in jest. But we okay. know that's not true, and we're very appreciative of everybody that listens. There are at least two dozen. Dozens of them. <laughs> there are literally dozens of them. <laughs> and, yeah, thankful for you guys. This has been... Uh, I thought our season was going to come to an end tonight. Um, and I was fine with it if it did. Felt felt like I had the closure. Um, maybe that's next week. <laughs> or maybe it's not. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. All right, well... Have a lovely night, gentlemen. Good night. Bye, everyone. Goodbye.